Lord, we've all, everyone in this room, we've all got needs, everyone joining us online, but today, Lord, we choose to, to set that aside and just sit at your feet and worship you. We came time to be in your presence and worship you. I pray now, Lord, that you would speak to us through your word, that you would change our hearts and start with mine. We don't want to leave it the same way we got here, so make us more like you. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. We are continuing our series on anonymous people in the Bible. These are people whose stories we know, but whose names we don't know. And so today we're going to look at a guy simply known as the paralytic, the paralyzed man. Now, um, his day when he meets Jesus goes from ordinary to extraordinary. And so we're going to look at that. What does it take for a day to go from ordinary to extraordinary? If, if you live the average American lifespan, uh, by the way, it's 79 years for men and 81 years for women. So everybody knows that women live longer. And some people believe it's because the women are slowly killing the men. I don't know if that's true. I don't have any research on that. I have a different theory. I think it might be because since they're little boys, men do stuff like this. Who grew up doing stuff like this? My people, right? We did dumb stuff in the 80s. But we didn't eat Tide Pods, but we did some dumb stuff, all right? And so um, if, if you live to be the average in the United States, you'll live somewhere around 29,000 days. And most of those days will come and go, and you won't really remember them. But there are moments when you see something that you never forget. Uh, a few years ago, I was invited to preach in Cuba. And so I'm, I'm driving around in Cuba with this, these guides and these people. And, and we, we saw these, this uh, family on their way to church. And this was them. So they're all riding this one moped. And Cuba's very impoverished, it's very poor. And so that one moment changed the way I looked at Cuba because I said, look at this dad who wants to get his family to church even if they all have to ride on a moped because that's all they have. And I really learned a lot about the culture, about the need, about the society, about this man, all from this one moment. I'll never forget that moment. Sometimes it's a, it's a bad thing that transforms an ordinary day into an extraordinary day. If you were alive on September 11, 2001, uh, you remember what happened on that day, and it's a day you'll, none of us will ever forget. It was a horrible day. Or uh, maybe you remember March 31, 1995, the day that Selena died. And we still haven't forgiven Yolanda Saldivar. But Lord, help us forgive, all right? Um, or, or maybe you remember March 11, 2020, the night, I'll never forget this, I'm watching TV, and the president came on TV and said, we are canceling all flights to and from Europe because COVID. And that was the day our, I mean, they canceled the NBA, they canceled Major League Baseball. That, that was the day our, our nation kind of shut down because of COVID. That's a day we'll never forget. So when I'm around people who have interesting occupations, I always ask them, What's one thing, what, like, what, what sticks out in your mind as the craziest thing you ever saw, or what, what do you remember? So this man is named Ken Poncelo. He was in law enforcement for 42 years, and he was the police chief in the town I grew up in, Fort Lupton. And I asked him, you know, that question, and he, this is what he said. He said, one day while I was on duty, I was, I was stopped at a four-way stop, out, kind of out in the country, uh, be, behind a brand new Cadillac. A lady was driving a brand new Cadillac. And he says, as, as we were all stopped, a semi pulling, carrying cows pulled up right next to her. And he said, it was almost like slow motion. I saw this tail hanging out of the side of the, hold on, uh, of this trailer. He says, her window was down. 
And he says, I saw the tail lift up and gallons of what shot right into her car. And he says, she's trying to roll the window up as fast as she could. It, was, it didn't matter, it was too late. And then that trailer just took off and that lady was left to clean up. I'll bet she never forgot that day either. I'll bet she's in therapy right now talking about that day. The moments that take a day from ordinary to extraordinary. Uh, some that come to mind. Uh, for me, one is August 5th, 1989. I woke up, it was a regular Saturday morning, and uh, by the evening of that night, my entire life had changed forever because that's the day I met my wife. And so August 5th, 1989, everything changed for me. The day went from ordinary to extraordinary. Another day uh, that changed everything for me forever, September 4th, I mean September, July 14th, 1991, the day I met my first child, my daughter, the day Marissa was born. Who would trust a 19-year-old kid with a baby? Look at that guy. I mean, he's handsome. Just look at that hair. God, I miss that hair. Anyway. Uh, another day that thinks that comes to mind is the day that my wife and I both stood up in a church on the corner of 6th Street and 21st Avenue here in Greeley and we both committed our lives to Christ. That took an ordinary day and made it absolutely extraordinary. So with that in mind, we're going to look at now this guy, our character for the day, the paralytic. This is how the story starts. One day Jesus was teaching and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and, Jude and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. So Luke chapter 5 tells us, uh, it's interesting that they start out, Luke starts out with one day. Because a lot of times in the Bible, we'll see them start out with on the Sabbath or during the Passover, meaning it was a special time, a special day. But here, it's a very normal, ordinary day. And notice what else is happening. Uh, this, we're going to find out that this house, there, he's in a house, and it's absolutely jam-packed. But it's packed with Pharisees, and teachers of the law. So that would be like uh, today if we said we're going to do an evangelistic crusade to try and reach people for God and the church was packed with pastors and church leaders. You know what I mean? It's kind of what we're seeing. This is the picture right here. So let's keep going. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus when they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd. So why couldn't they get in? The place is packed. Who's it packed with? Pharisees and teachers of the law. And these guys are all sitting there listening to Jesus, but they can't be bothered to let this paralyzed guy in the door because in their minds, uh, last week we talked about the woman who had the issue of blood. She was unclean. This guy, this paralyzed guy in Leviticus 21 tells us if a person is paralyzed, they are also considered unclean. And so that means that that person could not go to the temple. That means that person could not experience the presence of God. And so these Pharisees are looking at this guy, and they're saying, this whole God thing, this isn't for you. So you stay outside, because this isn't, you're unclean, and so you stay outside. So that's the Pharisees on one hand. On the other hand, we have this guy's friends. And they show up, and they heard that Jesus has been healing people, that Jesus is changing lives, so when they get there, they find out that they can't get in the door, so they get creative. This is what happens. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. Do you notice the difference between these two groups? 
One of them says, this isn't for you, stay away. The other one says, if I can't get through the door, I'm going to bust through the roof, but I'm going to get my friend in front of Jesus. You see the difference in thinking in those two groups? And we are also in this story. And we've got to decide as a church what kind of church we're going to be. We're either going to say, stay away from us. This isn't for you. You're too dirty. Or we're going to say, I will do whatever I have to do to get my community to the feet of Jesus, to get my friends, to get my family in front of Jesus. So people that study churches and, and church growth and all that kind of stuff, they tell us that if a, room is seven, if a church is 70% full, it's too full and it's probably not going to grow. And they, they believe that number is actually lower now because of COVID. And um, our 930 service that was meeting on the other end of the building had exceeded that. This service has exceeded that. Um, so so we're, we're trying to figure out what do we do to make, to make more room. And so I met with this, the folks from the Spanish service, the leaders, and, the, and we, we, had, we came to an agreement. We said, what if we, we had this idea, what if we take the 930 service and the 9 o'clock Spanish service and they swap places. And what that'll do is that'll create more room in the 930 service and more people can come to Jesus because that's the service that's growing the fastest. And so uh, they all agreed. They all thought that was a great idea. And so this morning, we actually did that. And so some of the folks that normally come to this service were in that service. So what that's doing is that's making more room in this service, which also is growing. And so because of the generosity and the kingdom vision of the Spanish service, we are creating more space for more of our friends and family to get in front of Jesus. I used to, I used to think that I liked change. Does anyone, like, do you like change? Changing? See, I, I used to think I did until my hygienist retired. Like, she had been my hygienist for like 10 years. She knew my teeth. And she would, I was also kind of a free therapist for her because she'd tell me all her problems while she's cleaning my teeth. And I'd just be like, aha, uh-huh, aha, uh-huh, you know what I mean? Like, you can't say anything. Yeah, my husband, he's sick and whatever. So, so she comes and tells me, hey, today's my last day as your hygienist. I'm retiring. I said, you can't do that. Like, we have a thing. Like, what are we going to do? And I realized I don't like change if it's not my idea, right? Because it makes me uncomfortable and it's different and it's weird. Our church is undergoing some growing pains and some change but I'm telling you, it's worth it because it's going to result in more people coming to Jesus. So, so but we've got to be, we have to be intentional about creating space. And for 15 years, this church has been very intentional about creating space for people to meet Jesus. So this is my friend Terry Davis, and he was in high school. Uh, he, was, he was a Christian, but he was dating a girl that was not. And the Bible talks to us about doing that. It's not a good idea if, you're, if you're, one's a Christian, one's not. So he felt guilty. So he had an idea. There was this Christian heavy metal band in the 80s. They were called Striper, all right? I didn't say they were cool. I just said they were a thing, all right? And so Terry had heard that at Striper concerts, the band would throw Bibles out into the crowd. So Terry's like, okay, I'm going to take my girlfriend to a Striper concert. And she's going to catch a Bible. Maybe she'll read it, become a Christian, and then I can date her without feeling guilty. So that was Terry's high school plan. You know what I mean? Like he came up with this plan. So he took her to the concert. Sure enough, they start throwing out Bibles. But he says she didn't ever get one because all of the youth pastors were fighting to catch him so they could get him autographed by Striper. 
That's the exact opposite of making room for people, right? So we'll, one thing, we'll, well, two things we'll never do. Number one, we're never going to have Striper here. That's one. <laughs> two, we are never going to adopt that attitude of what about me? We're always going to be what about them? What about people who are far from God? This church does not exist just for us. It exists for the over 120,000 people in this community that don't have any relationship with God at all. We're going to continue to keep our eyes on them. Is that okay? So, this, this building, all it is is a tool. And it's been a great tool, and I love it, and I'm thankful for it, and I know God has blessed us with it, and we've grown here. But if this stops working for us, is that just, is it something I said? I'm sorry. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> if this building stops working for us, then we'll get rid of it. We'll knock these walls down to make more seating. We've actually already talked about that. We've talked about knocking this place completely down. We've talked about building something up. Whatever we got to do, we're going to continue to rip the holes in the roof to bring our friends to Jesus. That's what we're all about here. That's what we care about. Uh, a while back, a friend of mine, he got here, and we were, we were actually leaving church, and it was, so we were almost with some of the last people to leave, and he saw where I was parked, and we were parked in the very last spot in the parking lot, and he started laughing, and he says, man, how late did you get here that the pastor, you got here so late, you're the pastor, and you had to park in the very last spot, and because uh, he was used to this kind of thing. He was used to this. Have you ever seen that kind of, like, pastors for parking, pastor, parking for pastor only? I love that bottom part. All others will be towed away in Jesus' name. You know what I mean? Like, you better not park here because the pastor will have you towed away, all right? And I know why churches do that stuff. They want to honor their pastor. And, and if, if you're joining us online and you're a pastor and you have one of those, more power to you, man. That's just not how we roll. We, roll. we are not, that's not us. The reason Diane and I park in the farthest space is so that when people are visiting, when you invite your cousin or your sister-in-law and that they actually decide to come, they're going to find a spot. And that'll be one less stress on them. And then they can, I, I'll, park, I'll park across town if I have to, to get your cousin to come to church and experience Jesus for the first time. That's what, that's what we all do. We're going to do everything we can. We're willing to sacrifice our own personal preferences to get people who are outside of the boat inside of the boat. Some of us sacrifice our seat in the sanctuary. Some of us are even willing, let me give you an idea. Some of us might even be willing over the summer to start going from the 9, 11 o'clock service to the 9.30 service so that we'll free up seats in the 11 o'clock service. Let me just, just, just put that out as an idea, right? And I know you're like, well, Sunday's my day to sleep in, though. What if, what if, what if I don't catch the, the breakfast prices after, like, <laughs> what if this guy on that mat was your brother? What if he was your sister? Because it is. It's somebody's brother. So I just want to encourage you. Just talk about it, pray about it, think. You don't have to do it. You can ignore me. You can do whatever you want. A lot of people ignore me, but, but just let me just put that out there. What if we sacrificed our preferences so that our friends and family could come to Christ? Now imagine that we're having church and the roof starts opening up and pieces start falling. That would be a distraction, wouldn't it? Like, that would be distracting. And I know you think, well, if I was there, I would have focused on Jesus. That's not true, because when, we're, when the guys are doing the worship words, even if you know all the words of the song, and they mess up a little bit, I see half of you, you're singing, and then you go, what's going on back there? 
You're ruining my blessing. <laughs> Fix the words, man. Like, we get easily distracted in church, okay? Uh, but watch what happens when Jesus is not surprised by anything. I'm so thankful that Jesus, nothing surprises Jesus about my life. He's never said, man, I didn't see that coming. I don't know what angel's going to do. He's never, he's never said that because he's ahead of everything that's happening. Watch what happens. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Now, to be fair to this guy, we don't know what he was wanting from Jesus. We never hear him talk. We don't see anything he said. But Jesus looks past what the guy wants and gives him what he needs. And he does that in our lives too. We're like, God, I need a job. And God says, I'm going to take care of that job. I know you're praying for a job, but right now I'm working on developing patience in you. That's one of the fruits of the Spirit. I'm working on your character. God is so much more concerned about our character than he is about our comfort. And so he, this guy wants to be, maybe, maybe you're like, God, I want you to heal me. And God says, I'm going to get there, but first I want you to develop trust and faith in me. God, I need some more money. And God says, I want you to first learn how to take care of the money you have now. And so he looks past what the guy wants, and he gives him what he needs. Then this is what happened. Jesus knew what the Pharisees were thinking, and he asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. So there's this, uh, this mini-series called The Chosen. And basically what it is, is it's, you can find it online. It's free to watch. Uh, there's an app you download, and you can watch it. And it's basically they filled in some of the gaps in the backstory of how the disciples met Jesus. So not all of it is biblical, so don't go around quoting it, saying, that's what happened in The Chosen. Okay, so, so when it first came out, people were asking me, have you seen The Chosen? And I was like, no, I already, like, I already read the book. You know what I mean? Like, but we finally watched it, and it is incredible. I highly recommend it. They did this, they actually told this story, and they did a good job with it. Did you teach? Answer me. Son, take heart. Your sins 
are forgiven. Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Right. But I ask you, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven. Or rise up and walk. It's easy to say anything, no? But to show you. And so that you may know that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. I say to you, my son, rise. Pick up your bed and go home. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that a beautiful moment? And the Bible says everyone was amazed at what they saw. Even the Pharisees were amazed, but they were amazed at the wrong. They're amazed at the miracle, but they're offended by the forgiveness of sins. Think about this. Every single person who Jesus healed is dead now. Every one of them died. But when he forgives someone's sins, it's eternal. That means they're with him right now in heaven. And so what, sometimes we're asking for something very temporary. God fix this, God fix that. And God is like, I want to focus on your heart. I want to focus on forgiving your sins because that's going to change everything. Now, I don't know if you knew this, uh, but there were video cameras back then. And I found this video on YouTube of the moment after the guy was healed. Okay, so you probably never have heard of this. You didn't know this was in the Bible. But, but I found this video. This is the guy right after he started walking. You don't know those cumbia in the Bible, huh? I know, of course, I'm joking. But could you imagine that guy who's been laying on a mat begging maybe his whole life and now he can walk? 
Sometimes we get a little uncomfortable during worship if someone lifts up their hands or sings too loud or starts to cry, but I say let them cry because we don't know what God has done for them. And so if we, they want to celebrate, if they want to sing, if they want to cry, if they want to worship, I'm going to stand there and celebrate and sing and worship with them because God is still changing lives and I want to be a part of that. That's what's happening here in this church. Notice something else. Jesus says, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. So this is, this is a yoga mat. And I've tried yoga, and it's way harder than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> it's really hard. I only did it a couple times. I was like, forget that. All of this, stretching, you don't want to see that. So, but Jesus tells the guy, he says, pick up your mat and go home. That thing that held you, I want you now to pick it up and hold it. That thing that held you low, that, I want, that thing that identified you as broken, I want you to pick that up and carry it. Now, Jesus could have told him a lot of things. He could have said, get up and leave that dumb mat right there. He could have said, walk away from that mat and never look back. He could have said, burn the mat, couldn't he? He could have said any of that. But he says, I want you to pick that up and carry it home. Why did he do that? This is why I think he did. Back then, there was no social security. So if, if this guy was a, a paralyzed beggar, his only means of income was begging. And so everybody would have known him because he would have been in the same area. Someone would have carried him and put him there every day. So walking by, everyone would have known Matt the beggar. I named him Matt because of the, the Matt. You get, anyway, so, so people would have got up every day on their way to work, and they would have said, hey, Matt, how's it going? Good to see you, Matt. How you doing? Everybody knew Matt the beggar. So when Matt is walking home carrying his Matt, people would have seen him and said, man, that looks just like Matt. But that can't be Matt because he's walking. And then they would see the Matt, and they would say, something happened to this dude. God has done something in this guy's life. Jesus showed up, and the thing that mastered him, the thing that held him, now he's carrying, now he's holding it. Sometimes when we come to God, a lot of times, people, the first thing they want to do is they want to hide their past. They don't want every, anyone to know what they've done. They don't want to, Pastor, if you only knew my past, you wouldn't even want me in this church. I'm like, look, if you, if you knew my past, you wouldn't want me pastoring this church. That's for sure, right? But we have a tendency to want to hide it and hold it. But could you imagine as this guy's walking home, the other beggars seeing him? Could you imagine the hope that they had? If Jesus can do that for him, what could he do for me? And some, maybe it was a, your marriage was a mess and, and, and God's put it back together and you want to hide those struggles. I say, no, 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 let that flag fly. Let people know that I was blind and now I see. My marriage was a mess. My kids were out of control and God has done a miracle. Let's all collectively hold our mats in the sky and say, Jesus did this. Let me finish with this. The last sentence says, they were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. Remember how it started? One day. It's an ordinary day. It was a regular day. But by the end, it's been an incredible, extraordinary, remarkable day. So when I was a kid, I used to watch uh, Sesame Street. And we didn't have cable, any of that, so we'd have to, I'd have to turn it to Channel 6 and wait until 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and I'd watch Sesame Street. What was Oscar's problem anyway? Like, why was he so mad? Anyway, 
So I'd watch it, and at the end of every episode, they would say, this episode was brought to you by the number seven and the letter P. Do you guys remember, any of you guys remember that? This was brought to you by the number seven. This story was brought to us by the friends of the paralytic. If these guys would not have been willing to pick their friend up and carry him, he would have stayed begging. He would have stayed paralyzed. But these guys had so much faith that they picked up a man who could not carry himself. And they said, I'm not putting him down until I put him down in front of Jesus. And because of their faith, remember, if you read back, it says when Jesus saw their faith, he healed their friend. It wasn't Matt's faith. It was their friend's faith. Some of us, God has put friends in our lives that are hurt. And he's given us this one invitation. Let's pick them up. Let's carry them to Jesus. Whatever that means, whatever that means for us, what would we be willing to do to get one more person to the feet of Jesus? Would we be willing to, to give more? Would we be willing to serve more, to, to sacrifice more? Would we be willing to give up our seat in the 11 o'clock service? Would we be willing to invite somebody? Let's start out by praying for them. Lord, you know every one of us. You know our stories, and you know our circles. And I pray, Father, that as, as the, for those people around us, those people who are hurting and far from you, I pray, Lord, that you would soften their hearts, that you would give us an opportunity somehow, some way, to share our story with them, the story of our mat and what you've done for us. And I pray, Lord, that we wouldn't walk in shame over our past, but that we would carry it as a testimony to your life-changing power. We trust you and we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 That was good. Amen. You know, you may have come to church today and thought, you know what, today is just going to be one of those ordinary days. But throughout this sermon, throughout this time that you've been sitting here, you felt a tugging at your heart. And you felt God saying, you know what, today's the day. Today's the day to surrender to me. And so the whole reason that this church exists is to connect people to Jesus and help them grow in their faith. And so we're going to give you an opportunity to do just that today. And so we're going to just say a simple prayer. There's nothing magical about these words, but it's rather your heart behind them. And so I'm going to ask just everybody just to close their eyes and bow their head and just repeat after me. Dear God, I believe that you love me. God, I know I'm a sinner. So I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus, he died on the cross for my sins. I accept you today as my Lord and Savior. Help me to live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer today for the first time, I want to say congratulations. Welcome to the family of God. I'm so excited for you. If you would do me a quick favor and take out your phone and scan this QR code, and if you would just click on New Believer, uh, the, you could also find these QR codes on the back of your seat. 
uh, if you don't have time to take out your phone now. Um, I just, we just want to send you something in the mail just to help you on your salvation journey. Also, um, if you are new here to Mosaic, you can also scan that QR code and just click on new, uh, new here. Or if you don't like the QR codes, uh, you can text welcome, the word welcome, to 970-478-8898. I promise you we're not going to bombard you with emails. We just want to give you some more information about Mosaic and how you can get involved. And so um, if you are not in te te technology, you can also go to the info cart right outside and you could fill out a physical card. Um, so some quick announcements. We have a Discover Mosaic coming up in about a month from now, June 4th. Now, if you, have, if you are new to Mosaic, this is just a time where you're able to come in, learn about the church, learn about what we believe, get to meet the staff, the pastors, maybe get a tour of the facility. And so if you are new to Mosaic, you can also scan that QR code and there will be a link there to sign up for Discover Mosaic. So with that, we are going to continue with our worship, with our giving. Now, Mosaic is a church that loves to give. We love to give because we use these resources to make a difference in our community. And we are only able to make that difference through your giving. You guys make it possible. And so we want to make a difference in Greeley. We want more people to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so we do that through your giving. And so we just ask you to continue to be faithful in your giving. So if you want to give this morning, you can give in person. There's a little black box in the foyer area. You could give online at GreeleyMosaic.com. You can text any amount to 84321, or you can give on the Church Center app. Let's just pray over this morning's tithe and offering. Dear God, I just thank you. I thank you for each and every person that's here. I thank you for their hearts, Lord God, of generosity. I just pray, Lord God, that you would just bless them, bless them financially. I pray that you would multiply, Lord God, which they bring into their households, Lord God. And I just pray, Lord, that you would multiply this giving, Lord God, that we are able to make a difference in our community, Jesus. And we are able to bring more people to know you. I just love you today. I pray that you would just be with your people as they go home. Bless them. Carry them, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, this, that this message would just stir in their hearts, Lord God, and that they would be willing just to, to make a difference and to share you with somebody else this week. In your name we pray. Amen. If you are in the need of prayer, we are going to have a prayer team up here in the front. So if you need some extra prayer, Please make your way to the front. And with that, you have a wonderful day, Mosaic. We love you, and we will see you next week.